Oh, hey, you made it. We weren't sure anyone was able to get the broadcast. We found this huge vault full of cool things from before the event. Yeah, do you want to come check it out? Okay, good heavens, Robin. Good, uh, good bloody heavens, we're back again. Good grief, we're back again. Episode 13 of the Don't Go Outside podcast with me, Patch. And me, Robin. Hey man, how you doing? You all good? You all set? You all ready to go for another episode of episode 13 of the Don't Go Outside episode 13 podcast episode? I've got an, an announcement to make. Yeah, what's that? So, you know how a few weeks ago you and, you and Scarlett, you, you broke up? Yeah, we, we were not really supposed to be talking about that, but well, yeah, it's, it was pretty I, just, hard, pretty, yeah. I, I wanted to tell you before it went on Facebook official, but uh, me, me and Scarlett have, have been seeing each other. What? It, it happened really sporadically. Are you I mean, fucking serious? We knew each other at university, you knew we were always close. But, can't, Robin, we're fucking vault 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 mates i know i know we are and we're very close but you gotta remember there's not that many it's just me and you scarlet and segway for the most part yeah well segway has always been giving you the 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 the, the eye the the come, come hither yeah but i'm not mutant sexual you know that but robin like we've only just broken up i'm still getting over it it was very difficult uh relationship well you know maybe maybe if you'd tried harder she she wouldn't want have came to me so fast um okay this is a lot to this is a lot to fucking think you know what you can do the podcast on your own this week uh this has been patch uh signing off dgo 13 uh number 13 podcast uh have have a good one guys just uh listen to this uh this uh, home wrecking vault wrecking scumbag and uh, enjoy that i'm sure it'll teach you all how to uh, uh hurt your friends feelings and break their hearts see ya <laughs> I'm fucking gone. I'm out. Um. Well, that that could have gone better. Uh. So so it's just just me, just me this week. Um. So we're just gonna do a week long book club and stationery cupboard. Isn't this gonna be fun? Hey, I just wanted to come back and say, love conquers all. You, if, if what you feel is truly special, then I won't get in the way of it. We'll, we've always been there for each other, thick and thin. And uh, Rod, I just was, I was, I was so happy for you. I found, found a new girl. Found a new girl. She's um, Chris, Christina Hen, Hensticks. I just made her out of sticks. Why are you doing this voice in character? I, I got, I, just, I got, well, I went out. Hang on, Mikey. And he gave me some of his uh, car oil to drink. I drank my sorrows away. I met a new girl. It's called Christina. Christina Headsticks. And I'm back. Um, and I'm gonna be fine. <laughs> I'm gonna be fine. So I'll do the whole podcast like this. Podcast like that. Don't die. Rabbit, could you do this to me? Well, episode thirteen hasn't it been a fun time? What a what a uh, roller coaster! A roller coaster over two weeks mm. that was between takes. <laughs> it was. Um, well, have you got any catch up, follow up, or anything? Any news? Actually, I've not been keeping up to date with the, the the gaming and media news over the past little while. 
Um, so there's some news that came out, was proven to be a rumour, and then shot down as false. Oh. But I thought of a fun game that we could maybe maybe play mm-hmm. just to just to just to start the show, just something fun. Yeah. So a bit uh, less serious than our uh, soap opera beginning that we started <laughs> with. Um, well, it was Comic Con this weekend, so oh yes, so, well, San Diego Comic Con to be specific. So there's just a whole host of uh, primarily film and TV uh, news that's come out. Mm-hmm. But a bit of news that came out just before Comic Con was that um, Ben Affleck was planning on stepping down oh. as, as Bruce Wayne, the Batman himself. Uh, the Dark Knight. Um, and uh, I re- read this whole article about how uh, the company were trying to find ways to to gracefully phase out Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne from the series and replace him with with a new a new Batman uh, in the continuation of the DC cinematic universe, the D the DCU. DCU. Is it the no, DCEU? DC. No, it'll be DCCU. I think it's the DCEU. The, the, the DC Extended Universe. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's what it is. Okay. Anyway, you guys know what I'm talking about. The films that are all part of the same cinematic universe. you got Wonder Woman. you got Justice League. Justice League. Justice League. The Justice League lot. Those guys. Those those fellas. Uh, anyway, but just a, a couple of days later, Ben Affleck was like, oh, that's bullshit. I'm sticking around. I'm going to be Batman forever. <laughs> He's going to go Batman Beyond. Double kill. And... Uh, Maybe one day he'll be Batman and Robin uh, all the money from other stars. Mm. Um, and maybe he'll Batman begin to get bigger paychecks. And oh he'll look like a real Dark Knight. Killing spree. And then he will rise Rampage. again as our favourite Bruce Wayne. That was... How long did you take to prepare that? Like... Did it sound like it took any time at all? Yeah. <laughs> just, just, off, just off the top of my box, mate. Oh, well done. Don't you know your Batman titles? So. Yes. Said it was all wrong, but I was. I thought before before he dis- disputed this and said, no, I'm going to be Batman forever, um, which is not really a pun. That's just what he's saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was like, it could be, what could be a decent way for like maybe a Batman to get Ben Affleck's Batman out of the picture? Kill him. Kill him straight out. Kill him. Put Repl- in a new- replace him. Yeah. Kill Bruce Wayne. Kill him. Put How in does a new he die? One. Does he sacrifice himself? Shot in the face. Shot in the face. Just shot in the face. I mean, he's got that mask apart from his mouth. Maybe just someone sticks a gun. Shoot him through the mouth. In his mouth. Like Biggie Smalls. <laughs> oh, Can't talk with a gun in your mouth, huh? Um, um, I was thinking maybe. I would actually. You know what? I'd really like to see something like that. Just a just a hero get wiped out in such a a non heroic fashion, like proper. Uh, Band of Brothers or Saving Private Ryan level death of just, oh, you just died. Maybe he, so the rest of the Justice League are in trouble. They're kind of outnumbered. Batman being Batman, like, smashes through a window and with the greatest of ease takes out every single henchman in the room. And they're like, hooray, Batman's here. And he's like, no problem, guys. I'm always here to save the day. And then just, like, someone pops up and he's like, you forgot one. Bitch, and he just pops him in the head. Now, what I'd really prefer dead. is that um, there's a Justice League film. Then at the at the end, it's announced that actually Batman has a degrasive cancer. Oh no! And then he dies off screen from the kryptonite spear that you made. No, 
No. No. He's just, just got he's just got cancer. Just got prostate cancer. One in three men are affected. He's having a sh- at the at before the the so there can be a the post credit sequence. Yeah. It just comes. It's Bruce. Uh, not Bruce. It's Bruce Wayne. It's Ben Ben Affleck. Yeah, it's just Bruce, Bruce Wayne, Wayne bald on- sitting in a chair and is and by the fireplace. This big chair being like, we like to have a lot of fun <laughs> in these cinematic universe uh, films. But uh, seriously, guys, what you gotta you gotta put your fingers up your butts. Uh, you gotta check check your prostate, make sure there ain't no lumps in there. Otherwise, you'll end up like me, Batman, uh, dead. <laughs> um, yes, I mean I, I'm obviously I'm being ridiculous here, but like I would genuinely like that that sort of situation that you announced, like just a completely unglorified death, just mm-hmm. like some some thug, not even a not even a supervillain, just like wiping you wiping out Batman or something. Mm. I think that would be brilliant. I was thinking it might be a sort of he's he's got like a Damian Wayne sort of character hmm. and he's like well he's not too old but maybe he does get injured uh, to the point where like he's disabled like he can't use his legs or whatever mm-hmm. he's like I must pass the torch on to you now Damian Wayne my orphan yeah I don't know if Damian Wayne is like somebody adopted or is like a kid he had with like Talia al Ghul yeah but uh, it would be good if it was sort of like passing the torch to someone who who is Robin, but we don't really see Robin on screen. Mm. It's like, oh, by the way, I've had this kid all along. Now he's going to be Batman now. Yeah. Maybe. That could be it. I mean... I don't know. But they're not doing it. That's the main thing. No, but uh, Ben Affleck's like, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to stay, which is cool. Um, yeah, good. I like Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. Can I stick on some Batman news real quick? Can yeah, fire Stay on it. Uh, Telltale, uh, Batman the Telltale series, uh, series two is coming out mm-hmm. on the 8th of August. Ooh. So by the time this comes out, it'll probably already be out. Yeah. I'm really excited. Uh, more excited than I thought I'd be. It just kind of popped up on my Steam, mm. Steam page. Like, oh, season two's coming out. And, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be good. It's, um, going to be great. I need to do more Telltale games. Play uh, the Batman one. The am- do a- yeah. Yeah. We, uh, that's, that's a future, potential future topic. topic. Good one. Um, yeah. So, any other news? Any other any other things you've seen come out of Comic Con? Um, what else came out of Comic Con? Um, I mean, didn't come out of Comic Con, but do you give a shit about Lady Doctor Who? No. No, me neither. Okay. Um, do you? <laughs> I what, just... a, what a ridiculous! The Doctor Who's a fucking alien. Who cares if he's got tits or not? He's an alien. He's not. He's. But Robin, the character's male. Um, What I actually... I do have a secret hope for this. I don't really care about Doctor Who. I kind of gave up after, like, halfway through the David Tennant phase. Yeah, I kind of Um, grew out of it. uh, No offence to to people who are old and still watch Doctor Who. That sounds a bit diminutive, but, like, I kind of... It just stopped having the appeal for me. But what I would really like to see is, like, the transformation happens, or what... I can't remember what they call it. Um, And then... Regeneration. Regeneration happens then pops out woman doctor who and she goes oh i've not been one of this i've not been this gender before and then they never mention it again like i think that would be a really really cool thing to do however in bbc so i'm guessing what six bra jokes an episode a joke about periods at some I've point never, um, yeah, a pregnancy once every four episodes uh, she has, she's in a really bad it's just uh, you know what i mean like i'm i have the worst expectations for how this... Although the writers tend to be pretty good, so... Well, the writers haven't been great recently. Yeah, but like, like from not... the episodes I've seen, you know, they, they have... 
It's, personally, I don't care. I, no one should really care. Nah. Doctor Who is uh, he? Is fiction. He's fiction. He's a fictional alien. You do what you gen- want with it. He's gender fictional. means nothing. There's an episode where the TARDIS turned into a woman, and they had a little love affair. But yeah, yeah, he fucked. The, well, he didn't, but he wanted to. Yeah. Thanks, um, Neil Gaiman. <laughs> so, like, in a in a universe where you can have sex with your car, essentially. Yeah. Uh, I think you know. You can be gender fluid and no one ma- it doesn't matter. Yeah. Especially when your gender isn't really an expression of your actual biology because you're a fucking alien. Exactly. Uh, well, um, I don't even know how Time Lords do it. What? How they regenerate? Or how they do it? Yeah. And how they re- reproduce? Yeah, does it, I mean, does it matter what, they're, what they look like on the outside? What if a Time Lord is pregnant as a woman and then dies and regenerates into a man? Ooh. What happens to the baby? Don't know. <laughs> That's one for you, uh, Stephen Moffat. Yeah, but do they even get pregnant? Do Time Lords get pregnant? I don't know. Do well, Time Lords have penises or vaginas? Uh, Are they like Ken dolls? No, I imagine they've got like Bits. organs because they gotta. Do they gotta go to the bathroom? I don't know. I mean, we're not Doctor Who fans, you can tell. Yeah. But uh, if you're a Doctor Who fan and you're screaming at your at your uh, headphones or earphones or your speakers. Uh, right in yeah, let like, us know sh- diagrams would be nice diagrams some erotic fan fiction oh god the erotic fan fiction is going to explode that's where the answer is it's going to reach critical mass yeah crossover episodes with past doctors oh. question uh-huh. if, if you were a doctor uh-huh. and you found a past or future self of you that was you as a female uh, yeah um, in fact actually no as just would you would you would you do yourself? Well, probably. Well, probably if it was a female regeneration. I think I'd just do myself regardless. I know. <laughs> well, I mean that is that is your 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 ego coming into play there, being like, yeah, great. Well, uh, it's not it's not to do with it's just like masturbation though, isn't it? Nah, but you're kind of. I don't know. I still I still I think the female form is a lot more attractive though. I don't th- I don't think I'd turn myself on enough. To be, hmm. to get off on on or with myself. I think this is a question for another time when we open up the paradox vault. The paradox vault. <laughs> <laughs> um, that could be a whole thing. Yeah, it all depends who's playing uh, female me. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, there are certain. I mean, who's who would play female me? Uh, Roseanne Barr. <laughs> and there we have it um, well that's that's some completely inconsequential news because no one who is worth a damn cares yeah it's, it's, it's Ghostbusters all over again it's Ghostbusters all you know what's actually going to matter the quality of the writing and the quality of the acting which at this point is yet to be seen exactly so um, that's funny neither of us we managed to speak about that for did we well nice yeah, and we didn't enter the problematic race and gender lab um, what else has come out of Comic Con I don't know really as I say, not really even paying attention. Never mind. New Westworld trailer. Just, oh, um, not seen it. There's a dead tiger in it. Oh, dead tiger. Uh, that's. I mean, that's. I mean, it's just shots of people running around getting shot and dry. There's like some jeeps, um, like you know, cars. Hmm. And it's like, this is weird. This is like the Wild West. There's cars and there's a tiger. Oh well. Uh, well, we'll find out. Westworld season two. Yeah. Um, Get hype. Stranger Things season two. Get hype. Maybe. I'm actually uh, not. I don't know. 
I don't know. I obviously really liked Stranger Things season one. It made me feel nostalgic to a time that I've never been to. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I think is amazing. And that's just absolute props to the continuity and props department. Mm-hmm. Like, everything was so on point and it's because it just created this feeling. Also, the sound design, we all know that that wouldn't... Soundtrack was, all, yeah. was pretty good. Those both Soundtrack and sound design, the whole yeah. thing. It was just... I think everything was done individually to such a high craft level of craftsmanship that it couldn't have gone badly. However, I'm not sure whether a second season can follow that up. Mm. <clears throat> we'll see. I mean, basically, like the trailer I saw seems to be leaning on 1980s nostalgia pretty heavy, mm. which is kind of like I don't know if that if the creators have gotten distracted by the fact that everyone is going, oh, it's so, oh, it's so 80s, and we've got all the hashtag justice for Barb. Oh yes. Hashtag yeah. justice for Benny. <laughs> Benny, which one's Benny? Benny's the Benny's the dude who gets capped in the first episode. I don't remember that. He's this uh, like he's like the diner chef who looks after Eleven. Oh yeah, yeah. Wrapped. Yeah. Just, well, it's not gonna get justice for yeah, Benny. Is it hash, hashtag justice for Benny. Hashtag justice for Barb. Well, ju- well the thing was with Barb, <laughs> she can come back. She's just disappeared in the in the upside there. She looked right? pretty dead, man. Yeah. Well, how are they gonna get justice from an exploded nether demon? Bring it back and be like, you're evil. Don't do that. <laughs> Hashtag justice for Demigorgon. <laughs> Hashtag Demigorgon lives matter. Um, they were playing a Dragon's Dragon's Lair at the arcade, which was quite an interesting choice. Mm. It was like, because uh, they could have been playing any old, like, really recognisable arcade game. Like, hey, it's Pac-Man. Yay. But it was like, oh, look, it's Dragon's Lair. Cool. Yeah, but they you know? could... They, they, they don't want to go for the low-hanging fruit, and that's actually what makes it so weirdly nostalgic. Yeah, that's why I like it. Because if they just dragon, gone, yeah. if they just gone, oh, Space Invaders, oh, Pac-Man, oh, and like all this other, but it's the point that it's not quite the fully popularized eighty stuff. Uh-huh. Like making Eggos such a big thing. I mean, they could have done Pop Tarts or mm-hmm. something like that, you know, and like done something hyper nostalgic. But they chose Eggos, which is just a little off kilter, which is what made it, I think, what landed such. A genuine feel to it. There's a wonderful sense of normality to everything yeah. about the way it's designed that lends such a strong jumping off point to when things become surreal mm. and weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. On the complete opposite end of the spectrum, yep. the trailer for Ready Player One came out. Oh, yeah. And that is just uh, Member Berry Central. <sighs> yeah, it's, uh, it's... I mean, if you've... If Apparently the, the book is incredible. I've heard the book is incredible, but on the other hand, I've also heard the book is just sort of needless references to the eighties. Mm. But I've not read it. You've not read it. No. Nope. So we can't really make a proper judgment. But the trailer, from what I've seen, is just the dialogue in it is like, "Ever since I was a kid, like he's in twenty thirty five or twenty forty or something. So like, ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to grow up in the nineteen eighties, and then like synth music, oh, bum, 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 <laughs> starts up. He puts on like some power glove looking thing." And like goes into like a virtual reality world where everyone races around in DeLoreans. Oh my There's god! There's like uh, it's it's some and it just looks too like. Hey kids, remember the eighties? Yeah, but no, that... we're too young. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you think you do, and we'll show you what and you think you want. You've seen movies with the eighties in them. Yeah, so. but you could have. Here's the thing. Um, that's just a trailer. It's just and... a trailer. They're probably going to put up the nostalgia, put up the member berries to one hundred percent to get bums on seats. Bums on seats. Yeah, because uh, if the source material is as good as everyone says it is, I find it very hard that they've 
mangled the film. But we'll find out, I guess. It's a film adaptation of a book. I mean, those go wrong all the time. They do. But sometimes they go right. Yeah. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy was very good. Mm. I don't know why that came to mind. That's really just... It's an odd one. Out of nowhere. Lord of the Rings went really well. Yes, did. Harry Potter, I mean... Went pretty well. Let's take a quick moment to open up a fresh old can of... A very lively can of beefsteak brew. Oh, what's what's the main ingredient in this one? I think it's sand. Is this the sand? The sand IPA. It's the sand. It's the sand. Uh, what's it? Uh, the sand batch. The sand batch. <laughs> this sounds like a creature. <laughs> I mean, well, they do use creatures to make it. <laughs> Made with one hundred percent real creature. <laughs> we don't know what it is. Oh, warlord beefsteak. What are you gonna come up with next? Uh, um. Actually, I'm going to stay on the 80s again. Mm-hmm. Got lots of uh, all our subjects are very uh, 80s, 80s driven. Not 80s, but like so we they're just like, we're just staying on on courts a little bit, which is nice. Good. Uh, I started watching uh, another Netflix show. Go on. Also set in the 80s. Ooh, Glow. Glow, Glow. Yes, I saw the trailer for this and I thought that looks great. It's pretty good, man. Yeah. It's really, really good. Again, set in the 80s without being utterly nostalgia central. It's just set in the 80s. Mm. You know. It's about female wrestlers, isn't it? The gorgeous ladies of wrestling. The gorgeous ladies uh, of wrestling. It's based on true events. Oh, yeah. Like every good horror film is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's um, just based on a TV show that actually happened. Uh, gorgeous ladies of wrestling during the 80s. Um, to take a line directly from the show. Uh, they were just trying to make... Uh, Make the Miss Pac-Man equivalent of wrestling, just the exact same thing, but put a pretty bow on its head. Um, and it does a lot with the kind of the the female protagonists uh, trying to. Basically, none of them have any wrestling experience. They're just all weird, interesting characters, all doing it for different reasons. And yeah, they're just like, wait, we just we want to be something different. We're not just like women who do wrestling. We want to be our own distinct thing. Um, Mark Maron plays uh, the the like the, the director, the writer director of the show, and he's really good. He's like a, a washed up science fiction writer director, who's basically this is his kind of like job that will put him back on the map, um, and it's really good. Um, the it's basically I'm four episodes in and there's yet to be any actual wrestling yet. It's kind of all kind of like introduction to characters and character building, lots of building up to what the show what the. Uh, what the the show within the show is going to be, mm-hmm. um, if you know what, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's really good. Uh, just not act, not no actual wrestling yet. Just lots of girls talking about wrestling. Maybe when that's finished, we can make that topic if it turns out to be good. Yeah, it's it's finished. I mean, it's all out. Okay, well, let's investigate that further. Talk about it. Kate Nash is also in it. English singer Kate Nash. Kate Nash. I was like, who's that English? Oh. Who's that English girl? I recognize that voice and that face. Turns out, Kate Nash. Guess what? I saw her boobs. <laughs> Well done. <laughs> Talking a lot about boobs today, Patrick. Well, I saw two pairs of, of, of uh, famous girls' boobs, and um, I'm uh, just taking this, uh, this this mop breakup pretty hard. <laughs> Sometimes it happens, man. Uh, ironically, Christina Hensticks is is, uh, is very is not as curvy as the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is my na- hello. My name is Ewan McGregor, and I'm here to talk about my good friend. Uh, uh, Gordon the Gargoyle. Uh, his parents this week turned themselves to stone because they couldn't resist the sweet embrace of the outside world. And when they saw the sunlight, they turned to stone. 
Um, so basically, we want this to stop. Gargoyles are vital to the wasteland economy, and uh, we need them uh, alive, not a stone. Stupid. So basically, send anything you can to 0800 Ewan McGregor's Gargoyle Fund. And uh, I will d d do whatever I can. I'll go out and I'll do the shopping for the gargoyles. I'll go down and get them whatever they need. <laughs> and um, basically, yeah, that, that we can have real life gargoyles, not stone ones. Because a stone gargoyle is a dead gargoyle. Hashtag, that's my hashtag for this charity. The Hugh McGregor Gargoyle Fund. Fudges, seven uh, caps per month. You can stop the gargoyle from having to go out in the sunlight, thus being frozen for life. It can stay in the darkness and eat all the children at once. I have a rather serious topic to go on to. Oh, okay. Hmm. I played a game. Played a game! I played a game. What kind of a game did you play? And considering this is a bloody gaming podcast, the amount of games I play is shockingly low. No, I mean, we're not just a gaming podcast. Come on, uh, we do TV, games, films, media. Media. sometimes a book. Yeah, it's vault, vault cast. A mixed media podcast. Mixed media podcast. Yeah. Like, mixed media art. Yeah, it's, it's what we are. I played Undertale. At long last. Ah, uh, yeah, everyone's favourite indie game. Everyone's favourite indie game, because it's so subversive and so different and I, I I downloaded this a while ago because I got it in a humble indie bundle I never played it because mm-hmm. for some reason I just kicked it up and then I played it for a little while and it didn't grab me but then I was like a, a friend of mine told me to just stick it out give mm-hmm. it another go and I did and you know what it's everyone's favourite indie game for a bloody good reason it's, it's, yeah? a, it's a really really good game how many gems did you collect uh, <sighs> Don't, let's not do this again. <laughs> There's literally 15 minutes of us fighting about this in the last episode. Yeah, well, how many gems did you collect? Um, it's not about gems. It's a, it's a very subversive experience. So orbs. <laughs> Coins. Why do I do this with you? <laughs> um, but it's, re- it's really funny. It's really charming. There's lots of really interesting characters. And it's like... There's almost sort of like a, a childlike curiosity about the whole thing that's really just nice. Yeah. Ostensibly, it's just uh, it's a linear story. It's it's almost like a a visual novel than it is anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, there are obviously puzzles and gameplay elements, but it's, there's an, even a combat element. But um, it's primarily a story-based game to sort of subvert your ideas about traditional gameplay norms, and just just bloody great and it's like I've heard it's very very good even, I... even though it's like very old it still managed to sucker punch me a little bit with the, the I mean this is spoiler heavy territory so I won't go into it okay. but it's just if you have Undertale sitting in your Steam library which you probably do it seems that most people do I, um, I don't uh, it's like you can get it for like a pound I might get it at some um, point do it and I, I sat and I played through the whole thing in one or two sittings really incredible game um, Is it not I, long, or did you like tan like two whole days on it? I tanned, tanned a lot. It's like, what was my final playthrough? Final playthrough was about six hours. Okay, um, just like standard. And it really, really stands up to replayability, and there's lots of different 
endings you can get and things like that. And yeah, just wow. What a game. What an experience. Cool. Nice. Well, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll probably check it out. I mean, it's one of the ones that, one of the indie games that was kind of on my radar. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'll give this one a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be nice if it came out on the Switch, but I don't know. don't know if there's any plans for it to come out on the Switch. don't know if there's any plans for anything to come out on the Switch. How? Oh, oh, man. Please, please re- release some games. Splatoon 2 just came out. Oh. And oh boy, do I wish I bought that rather than Mario Kart 8, mm. which I bought. Um, not to say that Mario Kart 8 is bad. Yeah. I bought Mario Kart 8, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, it's it's Mario Kart. It's just it's just Mario Kart. Just uh, what you'd always expect it to be. No big changes. I mean, the graphics are very pretty. It handles like a like a dream. Um, but yeah, it's just your just your standard old fashioned Mario Kart. It's easy. It's not really challenging, but it's pretty. It looks good. Um, and it's really just made for multiplayer. So luckily. Uh, Nintendo's online service like works really well. Oh, really? Yeah, very little in the way of lag. Uh, matchmaking's really quick. So I've been playing a lot of online uh, for free so far. I think Nintendo are planning on making their online service paid in the next year or so. Just, yeah, I was with, with mates drinking. The Switch came out. I was like, Mario Kart, baby. And they were like, yeah, sure. If I can split the Joy-Con in half, two players on the go, it's great. No setup needed, so it kind of really shows... As I said, shows at the Switch, you can just like. Set it up is what it says it is. It shines as a multiplayer console, which good. is good. Because, um, yeah, it's great. However, like I said when I started this topic, I'm kind of wishing I'd waited for Splatoon 2 to come out. Because yeah. it did come out like a week later, and it looks just a lot more like uh, looks like a lot more interesting game hmm. for the same price as a game like Mario Kart that's been out for about. It's technically been out for about three years. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mario Kart. 8 Deluxe has got all the DLC, all the characters and stuff, just right there. Weirdly enough, there's a Mercedes in it. That's quite, spon- that's quite odd. Sponsored content, just a Mercedes you can drive in. But it's like all Mario Kart cartized, so it's like small. That's weird. Like a cart and you're sitting kind of out of the roof driving it. <laughs> Very strange. And like just an odd roster of characters as well. Like characters that nobody really cares about. Like Baby Daisy, Baby what? Peach, four of... Bowser's kids that nobody's ever heard of unless they played Super Mario three, <laughs> which they could have. There's just wasted character roster space, like because where there where there could be a Diddy Kong, it's just like oh here's one of Bowser's fucking dumb kids you don't care about. It's like they could have like they put Link in it, which was really cool, like really odd choice, but it works because mm. it's like you know he's part of the Nintendo canon. Link just shows up. There's a there's a track based around Hyrule Castle. Instead of picking up coins, you pick up the little rupees. That's cool. And you can unlock a sort of Zelda-themed motorbike, which is just like it's like a horse, but just with wheels. <laughs> uh, it's really cool. But and I thought, well, they could have done much more with that. They could have put Kirby in there, mm-hmm. King DDD. As I said before, Diddy Kong. Get the Star Fox crew in there. Oh yeah. Uh, Captain Falcon. He's not in there, but his uh, but there's some F Zero tracks in there, which is really confusing. Mm. And I just put Captain Falcon in there. He shouldn't be in there. Just, just fill it with stupid characters like Metal Mario. I mean, I've been playing as Bowser Jr. because mm-hmm. he's for some reason I feel like just maybe it's a fluke, but he's my good luck oh, charm. Now. Yeah, no, I've got like because there's not any stats really in this one. Everyone just drives exactly the same. All oh, the really? cars drive exactly the same. So there's no really incentive to pick any particular character. But for some reason, I'm doing really well just with 
Bowser Jr. on like a little quad bike. All right. So that's my setup at the moment. Um, is that your loadout? It's my loadout. Sometimes I go Shy Guy in a mm. in a classic cart. He's great. Um, but yeah, no, Mario Kart Eight's decent, but I just like just not Splatoon. It's just I just wish I'd waited for Splatoon. Eh? Well, you know what? You can get it later. Next couple paydays. Yeah, I'll get it. You know, that's the thing with consoles now. They're a payday treat. Yeah, they are. <laughs> no fancy dinner for me tonight. I'm getting Splatoon 2. <laughs> Sorry, kids. You're not getting lunch money. I'm getting Splatoon 2. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, yeah, the, to move on. To move on. Um, let's keep this, keep this show just, on Just, we've got a good momentum going. Let's just keep it on. Yeah. Um, Game of Thrones. Have you started watching it? Are you up to episode 2? Yes, yes. Episode 2 is very good. Warning, we're going to talk about Game of Thrones. Spoiler alarm. Skip ahead, maybe 5-10 minutes. Yes, okay, so I'm pretty I'm pretty pleased with how it's gone. Um, what I like to think is what this is doing is it's just been like, right, we've put all the necessary PCs in place. Here's what's going on. Um, we're ready to do the big showdown. Yeah, it feels like it's getting ready to wrap up. Like, okay, everyone's in, as you say, everyone's in the right place. Yeah. Um, it had that real feeling of um, <clears throat> when Daenerys is having the meeting in the, in Dragonstone with all the characters. Yeah. It really, for some reason, it felt like a sort of Mass Effect style game. Yeah, where yeah. Where she'd made all the choices, and thus all those characters were there with her, and it just felt like, oh, so this is you know you've been with her on that journey, and as such, you understand why everyone is there. Mm-hmm. It just felt really video gamey for some reason. I thought that too, actually. Yeah. Big time. It's weird. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Mm. But I was like, this is a bit like a sort of Bioware sort of thing. Well, Bioware does good writing. So, so HBO. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, I was a, yeah, the kind of, again, with Daenerys, that whole thing at the end of the episode one, where it's just like total silent walk up mm-hmm. to Dragonstone. Yeah, that was no good. No dialogue. Just taking it all in, being like, "Wow, this is this is where this is where it all began for the Targaryens, right here." Some giant dragon statues. Yeah. The place is a mess because it's been abandoned. Because <laughs> um, what's his face? Uh, what's his face? Aegon? Not Aegon. Um, Baratheon. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, because he was using it. Yeah, he that was his holdout that he just left it for the north. Yeah, but they got wiped out, didn't they? Wiped out, son. Um. Yeah, and episode uh, episode two, like all the cuts were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like between scenes, all oh, the transitions yeah. were fantastic. There was that amazing. transition between um, that guy's grayscale getting taken off and like cutting cut into a pie. pie. <laughs> and I, I just like uh, that was gross, I but was, amazing. And there was other bits where like um, Grey Worm and the lady are getting kind of down and dirty. She reaches like for like a bedpost to kind of like grasp onto it and it cuts to like a hand like grasping like a book from a shelf yeah just like little cuts like that like it, i thought it was really well put together yeah like that's really good direction there was other things as well like it was just kept doing that to kind of cut between the it scenes. really holds momentum yeah which i thought was i thought was good also yeah my boy gray worm come on come on yeah i mean i'm well happy for him well back to the old how does that work conversation like how how does that work if he's been castrated yeah well it you don't you don't there are more than one way. Robert, I know that there's more than one way to please a woman. No, it's not just about <laughs> pleasing the woman, because, like, there's more than one way to uh, to achieve sexual gratification. If one has had one's meat and two veg. Well, yeah, I mean, snit. maybe, maybe you know, he'll get his gratification at hugs, and 
just the closeness. Perhaps worm tongue has a wormy tongue. I don't know. Grey worm. So it's grey worm using his little grey worm. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know why they call you grey worm. (laughs) Hey, um, no, I don't know. I don't know how the relationship will work because I've never been castrated, nor do I have I had sex with someone who. I don't have a real problem with it. I was just sort of like, oh, I didn't think this would be a thing. No, the thing is, I think that's good because that's that's a complex that's complex sexuality, and I think that's a good thing to explore. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good, good for good for that. Well done. Yeah, good. You the the the, the t- television's first uh, first uh, castrated first slave. eunuch first eunuch love scene <laughs> well on done. television. Well done, Breaking guys. new ground. It probably isn't. Um, <laughs> send us in your favorite eunuch love scenes that you've seen on television. <laughs> Mine was on a episode of Emmerdale in 1993. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what's your speculation for the thrones? Yeah, man, let's uh, let's do some speculation so we can feel stupid later. Um, or smug, or smug. let's play stupid or smug. Oh. Game of Thrones speculation. Yep. Um, so Jon Snow is going down Denseth. Yep. To see um, Daenerys. Daenerys Targaryen, and then and he has left some dragon glass. He has left um, his sister. Fucking, it's been seven seasons. I cannot remember these names. Sansa. So he's left Sansa Stark in charge. Everyone's kind of disappointed that he's just left, but he's like, guys, come on. We've got... We've got... Uh... I mean, I'm kind of on board with him because he's kind of like, the whole point of this, the whole point of us all being together is that we're going to kill the White Walkers. You know, the only way we can kill White Walkers is with dragon, dragon fire or dragon glass. You know who has those both thing, both of those things? Daenerys. Yes. You know who's just sent me an invite? Daenerys. I'm gonna go there, otherwise we're all gonna die. I think there might be some sort of coup while he's away, though. Oh, God. And, uh, because know, nobody believes him, really. There's so many coups in the north. Like, yeah. I'm, I really hope they don't do that, because I'll just play off oh, a fucking gen. Yeah. Like, I mean, it would be nice. I mean, it sort of feels like... I, I totally agree in that it would be kind of like you're doing this again more stabbing and and, 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 and and turncoating and just turning against each other like guys you've done this for seven seasons you're kind of at a place where you're comfortable now yeah just just get why can't everyone just get along like well it's it's more that like now I think a coup in the north or anything like that at this point would just seem dumb writing it would yeah. seem like writing for the point of drama rather than writing for the point of what would make sense. Because it would be just sort of like, well, I wrote in the script, and then they fight. Well, as, yeah, as at this point, everyone in the North kind of accepts that White Walkers are a thing. True. And this threat is real, and it's coming. Yeah. So if they were to go, oh, God, yeah, we're all going to get d- demolished and, and, and brought into the army of the dead, but, oh, God, I can do a bit of backstabbing. Hey, hey. It's like... Which seems a bit pointless. Yeah, you've got literally nothing to gain because you're going to lose all your land if you don't manage to repel this fight anyway. So I think if they were to put in another coup, that I would just be like, groan, come on, yeah. that's dumb. Um, so that that's what I think about okay. that. I kind of hope that... I hope that the whole John Stoll going down to check out Speak of the Race where it goes well. I feel like whilst John is away, mm-hmm. they might say to Sansa, we like your style, Sansa Stark. You feel like you get us a bit more than John does. We like John; he's great. He 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 seems to be prepared for what's coming, but you're more our style at the moment. Let's make you the queen, and when John comes back, we'll just be like, listen, 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 JS, John, John, my boy, my big man, 
King of the North, we love you and everything. You seem prepared for what's going on. Why don't you focus on the wildling attacks while we make Sansa here our queen? Uh, we'll still we'll still respect you and everything, but Sansa Stark, I think she should be queen. I think something like that might happen. Um, I could see that, and I think Jon Snow would be okay with that, to be honest. That's fine, I'll agree with you. I'm gonna go be angry and kill some yeah, white wolves. I'm gonna go bang that dragon queen. <laughs> I bet. In fact, no, because they're probably related, aren't they? Well, so are uh, Jamie and Cersei. Oh, God. Let's just not think about it. Let's words. not get into it. Game of Thrones is enough. You leave the sex to Game of Thrones. Um, I think, obviously, uh, Cersei is going to stay alive till the very bitter end and then die in some amazing payoff. Yeah. What I would like to... I actually think Jaime might kill Cersei. It all comes full circle because he killed the Mad King. Yeah. And I have to do it again! God damn you! Yeah, in some kind of weird, like... Some uh, weird Romeo and Juliet yeah. double poisoning. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And that, like they'll be locked in the... In the throne room, their dragons will be beating down the doors, mm-hmm. and then they'll just kill each other. Maybe. I can totally see Suicide that pack? Yeah, suicide pack kind yeah. of thing. Um, yeah. So, lots of exciting stuff could happen. Yeah. Um, really, that really cool bit where Nymeria shows up again for the first time in six seasons. Oh, Jesus Christ. Arya's direwolf. Dire yeah. I was really exciting. As she, she was like, Nymeria, it's me! And Nymeria's like, you told me to leave, so... I'm just gonna leave again. <laughs> like, come with me, girl. It's like, no, fuck you. You abandoned me. Um, I like that she was like, it's the first time ever we've seen like a full-grown direwolf as well. Yeah, it's crazy. There's just now a direwolf rocking about. So what happened to Ghost again? Ghost got uh, killed when the mutiny at the wall happened. That I think. Was it. Um, again, the way to kill a direwolf seems to be just lock them in a small space and shoot crossbow bolts at them. Seems effective. Tried and tested. Hmm. Works for most mammals, actually. Order your dire wolf uh, death trap box today. Comes with a free crossbow. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Bye, bye, bye. 0800 uh, direwolfdeathtraps.com <laughs> um, Also, I, I mean, are we supposed to just believe at this point that Arya is just some kind of unstoppable badass? She seems to be. Yeah, I think she just. I mean, she's gonna. She's gonna. She's gonna hit a wall. This is what I feel. She's gonna hit a wall because uh, with, because there was that scene where she meets Hot Pie. Oh yeah. And he's like, "Dude, are you okay?" <laughs> and she's like, "What happened to you?" She's like, "Give I'm, me, I'm give me some ale. I need to drink. I am a man now." It's like you're just a. You're you're just still like a little girl. Are you like you, like you really get the feeling that she she's out in over her head. Out of her depth. I think she's gotten lucky a couple times. I don't know how she pulled off that stuff with the phrase. Like, that- the point is she did, though, and that kind of shows her incredible competency. True. But I feel there's a point where she's going to hit a wall. I don't know. I think uh, I, I kind of get the feeling she's just going to kill her way out of it. I think she's going to be the hero Gotham needs. <laughs> just, uh, I think she's playing the part that... Um, that- She's filling the hole that Lady Stoneheart has left from the books, hmm. which is Catelyn Stark's undead character. She comes back to life. Oh, really? In the books. I don't know if you're reading the books. No, I'm not, actually. Um, so, after the Red Wedding, Catelyn Stark comes back to life as a zombie uh, who talks by basically, like, putting her fingers in her in her slashed neck and being like, I am back from the dead. And Jesus so I think she does all Christ. the, I think she does the stuff that Arya Stark has done probably isn't going to do because she seems to be taking a new route now yeah but the stuff with the phrase I imagine was a Lady Stoneheart move right 
Um, yeah. Game of Thrones wiki, guys. It's just as good as reading the books. <laughs> Half the effort. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, Arya. I, I mean, I'm on the side of her fucking up at some point. You think she's just going to make going. it through? Yeah, keep going. Vigilante justice. I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. I just don't think it's going to last. I kind of want her to meet up with the Hound again as well. See what's going on there. Oh, shit. Because she wants to kill the Hound. He's on the list. Does she still want to kill the Hound? But he's on the list. After everything they've been through? He's still on the list. Mm. It seems that it doesn't matter if your name's on the list. She's going to kill She's you. She's checking it twice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, um, that's as far, that's as far as the speculation I've got. Yeah, I think I've, I don't have much more speculation. Do you think... Um, uh, Sam Tarley's uh, experimental grayscale operation is going to work yes probably I think it is because it'll be like I told you I could do it and they'll be like oh shit we shouldn't have doubted you Sam Tarley it's like you shouldn't have doubted me it's going to be that kind of storyline yeah um, that looks or it could it is Game of Thrones so it could fuck up they could both get grayscale and then die within two episodes yeah yeah it <laughs> just looks incredibly painful cutting that grayscale oh god it looked rough didn't yeah. it yeah uh, some uh that looks like a fun little bit of acting to do. Just like try not to scream. <laughs> <laughs> Help me! Uh, it was it was weird because it was like a sort of goofy sort of like caper, like gotta be quiet otherwise they'll catch us. But at the same time, a horrific <laughs> skinning a man alive. You know. Yeah. So there you go. No, I like they kind of put um put uh what's his what's his uh, lady love's name with this with the baby. Sam, oh, wildling. Gilly, 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 yeah. Gilly, and her boys. She's kind of in the background. Like you can just assume they're doing all right. It doesn't really matter. This is all about. They're fine. This is all about trying to learn to be a kick-ass doctor and skinning, skinning men <laughs> yeah. to save their lives. Um, if anything bad happens, you'll see it. But for now, just assume they're 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 fine. Um, yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to mention Ed Sheeran? I don't really give a shit. Like, it mm. wasn't the best thing. It was... Ugh, it was on, slightly troubling. On. Well, it was just... Just done poorly. You know? Could have done so much better. You could have like, been subtly in the background. Yeah. He didn't have any lines. No, he was singing at the start. Uh-huh. But, like, why didn't they just have him singing in the background? Like, every other musical s- cameo, the yeah. person just singing in the background. That would have been so much cooler. You don't have their face just gooning right off the fucking front and centre. Like Ed Sheeran face. And I'm sure, mm. Ed, you're a lovely man. I'm sure like, he seems like a nice guy. He does but... seem like a lovely chap, but it's just like, oh, come on. They could have done that a bit better. Mm. And, like, you know, yeah, I don't know. Just not as good as it could have been. It was a fun thing to do, but it made a lot of people angry, and it just took us out, it took me out of the episode. So. I did like the interaction, though. Um, in that, it was, it was cool. Like, it was to- I liked the, the interaction that was like to finally show Arya that maybe not everyone's terrible all of the time. Yes, Arya, not all the Lannisters are bad. These are just kids. They've got mothers and wives and daughters and families to just, take just care humans. of. They're just human beings with human lives and human feelings and big old pale pink human faces (laughs) um yeah so so yeah Game of Thrones that's about all long may it continue all I have to say about that but we have a topic of the week we have a topic of the week to cover cool well so uh Game of Thrones was to be our topic of the week but there's not enough of it there's not enough of it I feel it would have been premature if we were to make Game of Thrones season 7 is it 7 yeah the episode's episode of the week. But uh, instead, to keep on brand, because it seems that we are now the official Marvel Cinematic Universe 
podcast, uh, we're going to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming. Boy, what a movie. Um, I had a lot of thoughts about this. And yeah. I, I think the political undercurrents of this film were very, very clever. I really appreciated this film. Mm-hmm. And I really, really appreciate what I think they were trying to say with it. Um, but we can just do like basic plot, basic rundown. Oh, what, how do we normally do this? What did you think of it? What did I think of uh, overall? What did I think overall of Spider-Man: Homecoming? Uh, it was good. Mm-hmm. It was good, um, as most Marvel movies are nowadays, which just feels disappointing to say now. It's like it was good. Yeah, it entertained me for ninety minutes, and um, there's going to be more of them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 just it's, it's weird. Just now with comic book movies, it's like yeah, it was. There's some good. There's some good parts. There's not really any bad bits. Uh, there were some cheesy bits. I'll talk about them mm-hmm. later. But it, yeah, what a movie! It's good to see Spider-Man on the screen again in in a good film. Yeah. Uh, Sam, the worst reviewer ever. Well, I mean, we'll go- get, we're gonna get more in depth, but that is my. That is my overall feeling. For the listener who hasn't seen Spider-Man Homecoming, this is the first Spider-Man film, with uh, with exception of the uh, his his touch in Avengers, Captain America, Captain Civil America War. Civil War. Rather, um, this is Spider-Man's own film, and it's the first Spider-Man entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was directed by John Watts, and had my main man Michael Keaton playing the villain, villain the Vulture. Very much enjoyed. Michael had uh, Tom Holland as Spider-Man. He was also okay. Now. It basically follows straight directly on from Spider-Man's interactions in Captain America: Civil War, give or take a few months. Give or take a few months, and it's basically him coming to terms with what he can do with his powers and sort of him, what he can do within his immediate community, whilst also trying to be at school and doing all this high school stuff. Typical Spider-Man. Stuff. Typical Spider-Man stuff. However, um, I think important plot points to show that are missed are it didn't do a rubbish backstory. Didn't have to. Didn't do that, which was amazing. Because everybody knows Spider-Man's prop, backstory. And props and, to that. And people know this now. Yep. So we never have to see that again. Thank you. Thank you for not doing that. And it didn't have shit high school tropes. For uh, the most part. It really didn't uh, lay really didn't. It didn't really feel like... Well, what? Give me a high school trope. <clears throat> like there wasn't a big jock who comes and bullies him at some point. Um, well, yeah, Flash Thompson was almost that, but he was—he wasn't. He was just a bit of a dick. Yeah, he was just a dicky smart guy. Yeah, it's like there wasn't some big jock. There wasn't like a jocks versus nerds. There wasn't any of that shit. It was just like, oh, okay, this is much and a much closer approximation of what high school actually is, rather than this sort of mythologicalized high school bit. give me your lunch money Parker yeah. uh, which I thought was you know what that's pretty good and it wasn't all that angsty shit it was more like oh okay now he's at high school now he's doing Spider-Man stuff which I enjoyed mm. um, so that's sort of like the the over um, Spider-Man has to see off a villain at the head of a gang that's um, trading in illegal arms that are developed from alien technology from Avengers the first from Avengers the first um, I mean, the film begins immediately after the Battle of New York. Yeah, it does. Which is the the massive battle at the end of Avengers. Yeah. Michael Keaton and his uh, demolition crew are uh, dismantling... Well, they're dismantling the alien 
uh, creatures and ships that crashed in Grand Central Station. And Michael Keaton seems to know... He just knows, has experience of uh, how they work. Um, and then I guess taken out from under them. And then he thinks, well, we'll just make profit on our own. And then it cuts to eight years later. And uh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. It just uh, takes it from there. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I just I, over, overall, I thought it was a good film. I thought it held uh, momentum well. I thought it had funny bits. I thought it was fun. It was a fun, yeah, you know what? It was a fun movie. Also, yeah. my, I mean, Michael Keaton's an incredible actor, but Vulture was one of my favourite villains there's been. In a Spider-Man film or in the, I think in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in overall? Marvel Cinematic Universe he's, overall. Because he, they put a lot more work into making him relatable. Well, he's not a villain. This is it. Ultimately, he's not a villain. No, no, he's not. A, he is the villain, but he's not a villain. Yeah, like right. This is actually what I. This is why I think there are political undercurrents to this film, because you see from the, you don't get an origin origin story for Spider Man. Mm-hmm. What you get is an origin story for the villain. Yeah, and you're shown not some guy who like got hit with radiation or bit by a magic spider or given a neutron star that's been shaped into a hammer. Or given a magical spaceship, what you've what you've actually seen is some hardworking dude who wants to look after his staff and his family, have his job removed by a rich person who's trying to get, do a good thing because they feel guilty. Yeah, that's that that's that's a pretty pretty apt villain story for this guy. And yeah. instead of just throwing in the towel and losing his staff and losing his family, he corrects this in the only way he understands how which is to use the technology he understands how to demolish and get rid of and find a market for them. And because that market isn't, isn't okay under the rules of the controlling elite, he's not allowed to do it. And he is deemed the villain by society. Whereas you can view the allegory with Tony Stark that the only reason he got to become Iron Man and got to become the hero is because of his high-level arms dealing is legal. Mm. Although Michael Keaton does begin to kill people in cold blood, though. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, he does. But then you can talk about what about all the people that died because of you know mistakes that Iron Man made. No, but Michael Keaton deliberately disintegrated a man, and then and it was just like, oh well, he's gone. And then he was like, I'm going to kill you, 15-year-old boy. I'm going to murder you. Okay, if that's it's the last <laughs> thing I do because I'm a villain. It's <laughs> a bit villainy. Uh, however, I, you can kind of understand it because he's just trying to. It's a bit Walter Whitey. Well, you know? I literally about to say it's kind of just he's just Heisenberg. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you just got Heisenberg. It's the Heisenberg effect, guys. Uh, but I just think you know what? It's uh, it's for me. It's a it's an allegory for the whole ninety nine percent one percent thing because it's like this guy, no matter how hard he tries, no matter how what he does, he's always going to be upstaged by the 1%. He's always going to be upstaged by your Ironmans. He's always going to be upstaged by a kid that's a quarter of his age and by virtue of the fact that he's a little bit, he got, he got a little bit lucky and then he got given a big magic special suit from Uncle Tony Stark, mm-hmm. this kid can upstage him. And I've never seen a better allegory for a hard-working older guy being upstaged at work by a younger luckier com- competitor. Sure. You know what I mean? And I think I think that's what the film was trying to say. I might be reading too much into it. No, I, maybe, I think you're probably hitting on a lot of the issues that you want to put across. Um, yes. 
said it all. Also, the fact that, like, I mean, even just the use of the, the villain's name. He's called a vulture. Although they never call him the vulture. They never call him the vulture, but, yeah. like, he's a vulture. He's not... Yes, yeah. It, it's like... It, it, it's not the, It's not trying to show his uh, magnanimous and his generous sides, the fact that... I mean, it, the thing is, what I think is so amazing is it comes... his All of his motivation comes from a place of love. Mm-hmm. What he's yeah. trying to do. I mean, it just... That's a good manager. Um, it, like, hands down in the first scene. I mean, he seems like a really good boss. Yeah. You know? Like, a uh, good guy to work for, even in the criminal stages. I mean, when he starts killing folk, uh, fair enough. But, you know... But, like, up to that point, he's like, it's pretty good. I mean... Don't threaten your big crazy boss who has a flying bird suit. Yeah. I really liked the, um, the kind of build-up to the suit, where <clears throat> he didn't have a big montage of him, you know, of his team, like, trying different combinations of, of fans and... And wings and and making blueprints and stuff. The guy just attaches like a computer fan onto yeah. onto like a crystal and it hovers. And they're like, oh. And then like it cuts to eight. Like doesn't immediately cut, but like the next time you see that in use is like him coming down, like, yeah, with just a big version of that as wings. It's and his jacket is like he's only looks like the vulture because of his like uh, kind of air his air pilot's jacket and yeah. he's all furry around the neck. And he's got like a weird bald head, like a vulture might have. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, and it's cool that he didn't go for like old man Adrian Toomes from the comics. Mm. He's just an old man. <laughs> like he's just he's just old, an old man with wings. So, do you know who Michael Keaton's uh, Michael Keaton's vulture is a lot like? Birdman, Mikey the mechanic. You think? Uh, definitely. <laughs> I, like I actually thought this when we were watching it. I was like, that's kind of how I. That's a lot of this is how I imagine Mikey the mechanic. Really? Yeah. I was wondering what that big wingsuit was that he had in his garage. I know. I think I think he's gone more for the sort of mecha kind of thing. I think he wants. <laughs> I think he wants a Jaeger. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely see Mikey Pilot in a Just Jaeger. Just a giant vulture suit. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was sort of my uh, my thoughts about it, and mm-hmm. just I really like it when and it never tries to bash you over the head with this. The only reason I've thought about this stuff is because of. The characterization of the villain and the villain's motivations. It never goes, you should think about your privilege because that's bad to be privileged and be unaware of it. And the film never does that. The no. film the shows film, from both sides. Yeah, the film's protagonist is a privileged young man who's been handing a lot of stuff on a plate. Well, only in the only only in the in the way that Tony Stark has been like, You got potential kid, I'm gonna give you this suit. He's just a poor boy. Nobody loves him. I'm sorry, no, but you know what I mean? He's like a kid. He's just a kid who yeah. lives in like a shitty neighborhood in New York. Like, yeah, he's not by any means privileged. He just knows Tony Stark. He's got a super suit. Yeah, but, yeah, so he's privileged. That's what I mean. He's privileged in the way that Tony Stark has gifted him the super suit to do what he wants with it. Yeah, but it. I don't, how, how is but that? But he doesn't come from a silver spoon background. No, but how is this not a perfect, a perfect description of what privilege is in the first place? Yeah. It's nothing to do with genetics. It's nothing to do with your birth. It's nothing to do with where you're from, your skin, your gender, whatever. It's literally luck. It's all that's all it boils down to. It's all about who to. you know. Um, yeah, and my God, I mean, I'm I'm a pretty privileged dude, but I could be a health a whole lot more privileged if Bill Gates came down and went, Robin, you got potential, kid, and then suddenly my life would be very, very, very different. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I think it draws attention to the fact that that's what privilege is. It's just about you got lucky off the lucky off the lucky tree. 
And the fact that Tony Stark sought out Peter, pa- Peter Parker shows that Peter Parker got privileged. No, fair enough, fair enough. And yeah. you know what? And here's the thing, like, the Vulture, is he is a, clearly such a capable manager, he's managed to put together a team that can build him a super suit. Where was his Tony Stark potential? Where was, like, uh, he built a super suit. Yeah. You know, where yeah. was Tony Stark come down? Okay, you're using all this alien technology, but clearly you're scavenging it quite well. The way you find this stuff is really clever. I could use someone who can do, the, who can make a team like you. Why? So did he, he was not... doing it underground, though. Yeah, that's like, yeah, nobody's heard of him. Yeah, but surely Iron Man will know. I mean, they said that like the only reason they didn't look into it was because he wasn't a big enough deal. Mm, yeah, but my, what are my concern? Not my concerns. What are my 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 gripes with the film was that it didn't seem to make right here's they didn't make any references to 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 the punisher oh yeah oh because it's in the same area isn't it's it? in it's in the same city as the 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 furious uh heavily armed well-trained ex-navy seal punisher who <laughs> goes around just killing people for the slightest crime yeah surely the punisher would be onto the vulture you know punisher like Surely at some point, someone would have said, are you not afraid that Frank Castle's going to come down here and just fuck your shit up? Hmm. I mean, surely, they, I know they were playing under, in, you know, in the shadows, doing their thing. But uh, Tony Stark could have said to Peter, like, Peter, this is a dangerous town now. The Punisher's here. I don't think they call him the Punisher, but, they're, you know... Frank Castle. Frank Castle's here. He He's just out and about, still at large. If he, if he thinks... That your vigilante justice is somehow unlawful. He's going to kill you. So be careful, dude. Yeah. And um, the daredevils kicking about. As we've said before with the with the Marvel television uh, series. The... That it's, New York is a big place. Yeah. New York's a big, big, big place. But I'd say the Punisher and Luke Cage are the more famous of those. People, because Luke Cage got on TV. Oh, yeah. You know, they were like, oh, Luke Cage, he's a hero for the people. Here he is. I mean, this could be... Although Luke Cage is in prison. Oh. I don't know. A criticism like this can be leveled by me by saying, this is where you have to just give suspension of disbelief in. Oh, for sure. For sure, yeah. There's a lot. They're trying to do a lot at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that a lot of heroes are in New York. So at some point, you just got to go... Okay, the reason these guys weren't mentioned is because they were busy doing other hero stuff. I mean, I suppose it's the same reason that like other Avengers don't show up in Iron Man stories. Yeah, and, yeah, that's fair enough. You kind of just gotta give them that. But is this uh, same city? Uh, I just feel the same city. Yeah, they could like it didn't have to. It didn't have to be like, hey, look, it's the Punisher. Yeah, they could have just maybe like been reading like maybe there's like a newspaper somewhere mm-hmm. that's like Punisher still at large. Yeah. Hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> um, you know? It's just for me, like, the gripe that I have is the fact... Well, it's not a gripe. This is actually... I think it's deliberate. Well, I, I like to think it's deliberate. Mm-hmm. Is the fact that when you look at the similarities between Peter, Peter Parker and the Vulture, you're like, okay, these are both technically gifted humans. Um, they can build things. They can change things. They can, they can do this stuff. Um they could both be enormous assets to uh, the good guys. Mm-hmm. But through sheer luck alone, Peter Parker got chosen by Tony Stark and made into a hero. Yeah. And by sheer bad luck, Michael Keaton's v- uh, vulture 
keep calling Michael, Ke- Michael Keaton like it's the name of the character. The Vulture, <laughs> the Vulture got snubbed by unfortunate circumstance yeah. and as a result became the villain. And I think that's just a wonderful description of how chance makes privilege. Yeah, no, of course. I, yeah. Um, and I feel like already at the end of the film, he's looking to make amends almost, mm-hmm. you know? Because there's people in prison like, they say you know who the Spider-Man is and he's like, well, if I knew that, I'd kill him. If I knew who he was, do you think I'd be in here right now? Kind of just playing it tough, but he was like, I know who he is. I'm going to keep it. Keep it for myself. Mm-hmm. Keep it to myself. He's actually a good kid. Yeah. We just got caught on the wrong side of the law. Um, also, yeah. like, I love the I love the prom scene where, like, uh, him and Peter are in the car. Yeah. They're, and, they're, they're, and he's like, look, okay, if you mess with my business again, I'll kill you. Now go out and give my daughter a good time. And it's like, I thoroughly believe his character. I thoroughly believe that see if Peter Parker had gone in and went, you know what? Maybe I'll just leave him to it. He could have. He had every and chance like, to. I thoroughly believe the Vulture's character would just go, all right, he's my son-in-law now. Rock and roll. They could have like, that was... I thoroughly believe that would have happened. Yeah, it was a really good uh, kind of, again, Mass Effect point for Peter Parker mm-hmm. to either choose like, well... Renegade of Paragon. Yeah, or the telltale <laughs> sort of like... So he goes in, like, it's the sort of, like, uh, the vulture will remember that comes up in the corner <laughs> of the screen. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Uh, going about high school prom, though, um, I just it's the first Marvel movie to make me just feel old. And I think it's kind of aimed to do, not aimed to do that, but I think the purpose of it is to, is a Marvel hero that actually just, that the audience the younger audience can relate to now. Oh, yeah. Well, you got to remember, all the other guys are old. Yeah, because because I relate to the older guys more. I just didn't think about this until I'd seen Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just like, man, that film made me feel old as heck. Well, it's, no. it's good, one, because it'll give us a new demographic. And two, also, it does a sort of separation in age and generation yeah. by making uh, Captain America... Do those little Captain America jokes Yeah. where Captain America uh, does the public service announcements that actually ages the older the older heroes yeah. and puts them in an older demographic which I just thought was a really clever way of it's like just a double win because it's like a funny joke and it puts this this demographic attachment to Spider-Man yeah. which was just re- super clever annoyingly the uh, I think the person I relate to most out of all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe now is the Vulture yeah well that's what I was thinking <laughs> as well I relate more to the Vulture than I do with Spider-Man because I probably Closer in age to Michael Keaton than yeah, I know. Uh, well, not Tom mm. Holland, but the characters maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how old he's supposed to be. It's like, I'd say like late, late forties, early fifties. Early fifties, uh, maybe not then. Around that. Yeah, but you know, what? I just felt like well, I, I could relate more to the villain now because he's my well, age. He's, I I understand his problems. <laughs> I don't really under. I don't really care that Peter Parker needs to impress his school well, friends. Well, no, it's I kind of just silly. I understand both of them to be honest. I think I think that was one of the greatest things they made. They wonderfully made a hero that's going to fight the villain because of what the hero believes in and not because of tropes and not because of plot. Yeah. And a villain who's going to fight the hero not because of tropes and not because of plot. It's like, of course... It's just ideologically uh, opposed. Yeah. Of yeah. course the Vulture is going to fight Spider-Man because Spider-Man's fucking with his business. And if you fuck with his business, you're trying to break the things that he's created, mm-hmm. looking after staff, looking after family. And if, if you're Spider-Man and you see a bad thing happen... You're 15 and you're Spider-Man. 
all you think is, I'm seeing a bad thing, I need to fix the bad thing. Yeah. So it's like, and it's so wonderful, it's like, oh, there's not any, it's just literally just two ideologies that that don't mesh, and so they have to fight, and it's just, ah, oh, brilliant. I was a big fan of it, and actually now I'm talking about it more, I'm, I probably liked it a lot more than I thought I did. I mean, it sounds like you loved it. Mm. <laughs> it sounds like you wanted to fuck marry it. Why did I marry it? Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I mean, I don't know. I, I, as I say, like, you sound like you absolutely loved it. I feel like it was, you know, just like, just another Marvel movie, you know? Well, you know, if you're going to talk, if you're going to have allusions towards economic inequality, in a capitalist system, you know that that's that's Robin's right. The guy to go that's to, right uh, up Robin Street. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just looking forward to Thor, where he has fights in space. Oh God, it looks great! And a CGI it? background. Jeff Goldblum sitting there, just being Jeff Goldblum. Jeff uh, Goldblum, Jean being Jeff. Just Jeff being Jeff. Have you seen the uh, Thor Ragnarok um, poster where they've just changed everyone's face to Jeff Goldblum's face? That's <laughs> no, great. Sounds good. There's a new. Uh, uh, there's a new poster for Thor Ragnarok out, uh, which I think we need to get for the studio. I think so too. I mean the vault. The vault studio. Studio vault. The vault studio. <laughs> studio within the vault. So I feel we're moving away from topics. So any closing notes on Spider-Man Homecoming? Uh, yeah, just continuing the feeling old portion. Mm-hmm. The final battle on the on the plane. Yeah. Couldn't really see what was going on. It was very flashy. <laughs> Very loud. I was like, "What? What is? What's happening here? This is yeah. just a CGI fight." Couldn't tell who had the upper hand. They were on the wing. I could see like blades, big wings chopping down. Yeah, but it was like very stroby. And I think they could have handled that a bit better. I actually really liked it, especially when they were back on the ground, and you got to see the vulture start start to be like a bit beaten up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, have you ever seen a vulture trying to take away a carcass that's too big for it? Well, it probably looks like that. It looks identical. Yeah. Like, absolutely identical. So, who, who, whoever's in the animation department, I mean, I know you listen to this podcast, uh, like, total props on doing that. That It was just grade A, amazing work. Yeah, I mean, it was like that little bit where you could see, where it was well lit, you could see what was going on was mm-hmm. great, but I just, um, I mean, I think it kind of works to the CGI's benefit that like you set it in darkness, so you can't see it, you know, so you yeah. can't see the, you can't see the strings, as it were. <laughs> Um, but I was just like, I can't see what's happening, it's too loud! <laughs> what's going on? Good afternoon, this is Robin at the Don't Go Outside podcast speaking. How can I help today? Uh, hello, I'm calling because, uh, I, I don't have, I don't have the 13th episode yet, I was just wondering where it is. Well, uh, thank you for calling today. May I put you on hold? Sure, bye. So I'm just I, my concerns are mainly just with the world mm-hmm. that it builds, like the whole Punisher thing. Yeah. But also with like Tony Stark's. Oh, I'm here to announce you as a new Avenger in front of the press. You, we're going to do a press conference. The brand new Avenger, Spider Man. Here he is. Do they do that for every Avenger? Have they done that in the past? Do you think? Do you think they've been like here the new Avenger Vision and this scary like robot with a red face just phases through the walls like hello. <laughs> <laughs> I am the Vision, and I have destroyed an evil robot with my Mind Stone. <laughs> I'm like, Vision everyone, yay! And everyone's just sitting there, shitting their pants. So it's like, 
I know, or another new Avenger, Scarlet Witch. I don't she know. give me PTSD for things I haven't even done yet. Yay! I think I think it was just a Spider-Man thing because Spider-Man is like Iron Man's prodigy. Yeah, maybe. Um, so he's like, oh, look at this new thing. Anyway, I just thought it was a fun. I just liked the idea of like a every time there's a new Avenger, they have a little press conference. <laughs> The Avenger press conference, uh, yay. He's really small and he's got it all. It's the Ant-Man. <laughs> um, oh, he's... No, he won't be an Avenger. He's on Captain America's side. Yeah. He's in Wakanda. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah, Black Panther is going to come out. That'll be good. I know. That's, uh, that's a future episode, 100%. Yeah, so is Thor. Oh uh, yeah, man! There's too many of these Marvel movies. I want to do. A, I want to do a topic about video to games. Do, let's do another pod. Uh, let's make another podcast called "Don't Go Outside Marvel Films, Marvel Cinematic Universe." Don't <laughs> don't go outside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> I never leave. Uh, right. So let's let's wrap this puppy up. Yeah. Pat, Patch, would you go outside for Spider-Man: Homecoming? Um. I don't know if I would. Ooh. Like, I mean... This could be a rare disagreement on this this podcast. Yeah, we've been agreeing a lot recently, but... Mm. Nah, I mean... I don't want to... I don't want to... Like, I'm worried because I don't want to say it just for the point of being, like, just subversive and a mm-hmm. jerk, but... It's just... It's fine. All right. I wouldn't go... I wouldn't... To put it in the context of this podcast, we only go... Like, for us, going outside is... Opening the door, braving the nuclear wasteland, the raiders, the zombies, the mutants, the harsh uh, nuclear climate. Um, I don't think I'd do it. I have to say, I would. Yeah? Yeah. If only to have some kind of interesting economic argument to talk about. With Adrian Toombs. <laughs> yeah. I'd really like to do that. He'd do quite well out in the wasteland, scavenging bits and bobs, you know, this and that, making weapons. So. Um, no, I just, I, I just, just don't think I just think I probably could have missed it and not not missed anything. Watched mm-hmm. it on a plane like I did with Ant Man. I can I can understand that. You know, it's I, just a just a it's just another Marvel movie. Really. I suspect this is one of these times we're just gonna have to respectfully disagree. Agree to disagree. Well, I'll see you in the fighting pits. <laughs> 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 As always, guys, don't go outside because you might discover that your favourite science fiction character is now a female, and you will get really annoyed by that, which is like stupid, and you're, dumb. You're dumb, you're and then dumb idiot. You're, you're in an which idiot. case, you just shouldn't go outside. You shouldn't. You don't deserve it. The world's better off without you. You fucking human piece of shit. Why don't you <laughs> fucking, fucking kill yourself? Turd. It's just a fucking TV show. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Grow up. The beach. She's a woman now. Who gives a shit? At least you've got something to masturbate over. You stuck it, sad sack piece of garbage. No, <laughs> oh, I want to talk about Baby Driver. Next time. It's really good. Go and see Baby Driver instead of Spider-Man: Homecoming. I'm going. I, I would go outside for Baby Driver. It's so 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 good. Uh, we're running out of time, so that's all you're getting. It's man. When I saw Baby Driver, I saw it after Spider-Man: Homecoming. I was like, man, I wish I'd saw, seen this instead of Spider-Man. Oh, okay. I've not seen it yet. Oh man, it's good. Catch up next week. See it for next episode. Yeah, catch up Follow next up. week. Look out for that next week. Baby Driver. Best film of 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Holy shit. God, I mean, there's not much I can say about it that other people aren't already saying. <laughs> Whew, man, I loved it.